There we have just over half of the school-going population of the island of Inish Turk south off the coast of Galway. And if we include three non-singers, the full school roster of eight now represents more than one-third of the total island population. With the exception of one pupil, those eight are also of one family, the Burks, who intend to remain on the island, even though most of their neighbours have now left or are on the point of leaving. Among those who have already spent their last Christmas day on Inish Turk is Patrick Wallace, who will soon be joining other members of his family on the mainland. We expect to be leaving now very shortly after Christmas. So this will be your last Christmas this will on be Inish Turk? We expect this will be our last Christmas. But how do you feel about leaving it? I don't. I'm delighted. I'm delighted in leaving. Even I haven't any, anything again it now. I, we are never shot in anything, either money or anything in the way that they world here. But still, I don't care about it. The two families who have decided not to join the exodus from Inish Turk have their own reasons for staying. First, Joe Burke and his wife, Celia. Well, I can't afford to pay for a house to get out of it. You know, we'll have to wait through the land commission do something for us to take it out of it. Well, is that the only reason? Oh, that's the only reason I'd want to stay in it. I'd, I don't mind leaving it at all. And do you feel the same, Joe? Would you like to stay or...? Uh, uh, well, uh, I'd like to go, but I'd like... I'd like land, you know. I want... I have a big family to rear, and I, I'd like... A lot of milk I'd want to buy, and I want spuds, and I want... And you haven't got... I haven't... Uh, any land at all, or you wouldn't have any land on the mainland? Well, I wouldn't get... I suppose I wouldn't get any money aside to a house, and that would be no good to me. So I, so you intend to stay? That's about why I'd have to stay, anyways, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a big family, and they're all around us here, except one, I think, Mrs. Burke. That's, uh, that's nine, is it? There's eight here, and the one eight, that's yes. Yeah. Ranging from what age? From twelve to six weeks. And Tom here on your lap is is the youngest, six weeks. No, the youngest is in. Oh, the, the youngest. Is is the in the <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have them all. Tom is two years two. in September. Mm. Well, is it hard to raise a family on the island? Well, the school is the biggest problem in it, do you know. And going in, the teacher. Especially this time of year, it's very hard on him. Yeah, don't touch. It's very hard on him to get down in a boat uh, on his own. Do you know to go row out to the beach to take her in, and then the other family leave her out on Friday, Martin Hennen. But it's very hard on the teacher and on the scholars as well. And your family is the only one, in fact. They're the only family, the yes, except apart from another child. The one schoolgoer who is not a Burke belongs to the Hannon family, who also intend to remain on the island. Talking to Mrs Hannon in the comfort of her home with modern gas facilities for lighting, cooking, heating and so on, one can appreciate her reasons for not rushing to leave it. Because I like the island, and I'd like to live on the island. And is there a good life to be had on the island these days? Yes, there is a good life on the island. If you are fish to work on the island and fish to fish and fish to do everything, there's a good life. And is there a life for young people on it? Well, it's kind of hard on young people, you know. There's, there isn't much, like, start to life for them, like, in the line of going in and going out, like. Young people is different to old people. They couldn't go to a dance or they couldn't much go in any place. 
especially in winter time. But now that most of the families have in fact left and more leaving, you know, how is it how is it going to work out after that for the young people who are left? Well, I don't know. That's up to themselves. Life is as you make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, how have you found the island yourself now? You were born here, were you? Yes, I was born here. And you're married and settled down yes. here? Yes. And how many of a family have you? Uh, eight. And how many of them are at home? I have six living and two dead. And how many of them are, are on shark at the moment, or on uh, Inish Turk at the moment? Five and one get married away. Mm -hmm. Well, do the young people not feel that they want to get out to dances and all that sort of thing on the mainland? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's in their mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, they seem happy enough at the moment. They about do. It seems happy enough. Most of the older people have, for various reasons, already gone from Inish Turk. 87-year-old Martin Burke and his wife have settled for some time in Erislanon in the peninsula west of Clifton. And Martin recalls that even 50 years ago, the Land Commission were thinking of evacuation. Oh, the land was divided to patch here and the side of this house here and half the side somewhere else, and twice the side and half around and so on and patches here and there. And 1924, it was striped by the Land Commission and boxes. And that was, was, of course, when the Land Commission went to stripe that place, no doubt the engineer that was in that time, he he, when he saw the island, he wanted us all to leave the island. And that was in 1924? That was in 1924, yes. Mm -hmm. He wanted us all to leave the island and that he'd get the places to take us all out and, and put us here and there through the country. He would do that. We weren't sure. We thought that time, we thought the place was, the place was all right, that he was much into Well, you didn't go anyhow. <laughs> oh, we didn't. Well, yeah. why did you leave it yourself in the end? Uh, that's the thing. I, well, I'll tell you what part name it was. <coughs> I was getting too old. I was 69 when I left it. And I was getting too old for the Mass. To go to Mass is an hour's work. To an, an hour's walk, all right, since you land on Aylford. You know Aylford, you ain't. Do. You go to the, <coughs> to the school of <coughs> where they have Mass Day in Kingston. And that was too long for me. I wanted to go. I want. I lifted her to put going to mass or anything. I think that's one of the reasons that people do leave islands that there's no church or doctor right, or priest that, tis that tis sort of thing, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. No yeah. doubt, no doubt you're right there. Yeah. And you would agree with that, Mrs. Burke. That's that'd be the same reason you would have for leaving. And I, I didn't like the curve. I was afraid of the sea. Then the time I'd go into the curragh, but I'd it's only fall in the tide. <laughs> You're really afraid of it? I was afraid of the sea. And Even I though you were born on the island? I was nearly born on the sea, don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that's the truth. That's the reason But why. you didn't like the, I the didn't like. I didn't like the curragh. And I didn't like to see my men or my boys going in danger fishing. That's telling you the honest truth. So my son 
He bought this place after coming home from England, and he brought it out of the island. Another man who left in his Turk as he got on in years was Tom Wallace, now settled with his wife in a mobile home in Cleggan. I, I came out here to Cleggan to be near the doctor that's going in every month to to Boppen. He had a dispensary in there every Thursday. Every, the, the, every Thursday, the first Thursday of every month. So you've got to be near where the doctor I, is I, rather I, than have him going in to the I island. Would, I would, I would. And he'd rather see me out too than to see me on an island. Yeah. Well, that's one of the problems, I think, about I, I, island I, life, that yes. people don't have a resident doctor. If, if you're not feeling too well, it's a bit much if you're to bring the doctor out, isn't it? It is a lot of trouble to bring him out, I know, and it is hard. It is yeah. hard for you go, you have to go for him, do you know? It's mm -hmm. harder. Well, why do people leave the island generally? Why now would you say most of the people are leaving I don't Turk? know. I don't know. One family, the other. One family, probably the other family. That's the way they leave it. But it's a nice island to live on, surely, and the land is fairly good, and it's not hard to get in and out. Uh, is it the young people don't like the journey the, the, to the, the mainland? The young people don't like the journey at all. They don't like the journey at all. And still there, I wish every night that's fit there, they'll try to leave the island. They'll try to leave the island. They will. And it's not often cut off either, is it? You wouldn't be cut off by storms or that yeah, sort of thing uh, very few, much. A few times, a few times. But not for very long. No, not, not so long, not so long. What was the longest now you ever remember yourself? I, I was only one night. I, I remember one night. That's all I was cut off. Mm. Well, were you sorry to leave yourself? Well, you know, but sometimes I feel that way, like, sometimes. Are you sentimental about the island? Would you like to go back again? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back, no. No. None of those who have left in his Turk seems to have any regrets about it, but naturally the more who leave, the more difficult it is for those who stay, and the more the trend towards complete evacuation builds up. Patrick Wallace. It's a lonesome place now. It's very lonely now, isn't it? When you get down to five, five or six families. And there aren't even five or six families now. There'll be only two left now. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And you would say that's the main reason, the loneliness, that, that people leave? Ah, uh, well, uh, you'd like company. Nice thing to ride out at night. When you go on the mainland, after eating your supper at night, when you get dark and it's a nice thing to walk out and walk out on the main road and walk down to a pub and have a drink and a game of cards and enjoy yourself and go to a dance. Didn't, but I wouldn't go to a dance. Yeah. Never asked to go to a dance. Out of Fulton well, Island, I wouldn't go. Mm -hmm. But well, there's no life like that now on the island at oh, all. Oh, uh, there was, I heard, there was years, 20 or 40, about 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, they said there was nothing but dances and from house to house around here. It was a couple of weeks before Christmas that we visited Inish Turk ourselves. It's not a difficult island to get to in normal weather conditions. And indeed some of the worst hazards are of the land and not of the sea. From Clifton you head out the Sky Road towards Ballycunry. And if you can manage to negotiate the potholes in what must be one of the vilest pieces of road in the country near a place called Erfurt, 
which I can assure you has nothing to do with an air terminal, you'll find yourself on a beautiful strand, completely deserted at this time of year, but altogether different in summer. There, right on the water's edge, you wait for a receding wave, and with luck, you're in Martin Wallace's Curragh with Francis Walsh, and in no time at all, on your way to Inish Turk. The Curragh has an outboard motor fitted, so with little more than a cursory view of Omi Island to the north and Turbot to the south, you're already looking at the rocky coast and high central ridge of Turk, with the houses clustered near the tiny pier and the Curragh crested strand. Many people might think that an island like this, so close to the coast of Connemara, should still have some Irish spoken on it, but such is not the case. Even the older people do not remember Irish being spoken. No. No, I don't remember any Irish at all in Turk. Or Turbot. There's no Irish there. There was, Irish, there was Irish in Turbot, but I didn't, I, I, I had no interest in it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't hardly knew what Irish was. Padrigo Fahrte, an agricultural instructor who knows the islands well, attributes the early loss of Irish on Turk to its close associations with Clifton. And ten other, got fed them in a heart. In the heap shin, is a coro a number good blue one take a lechens got let rock the legacy slave ship a direct in Mala and Lahan. Mar ta in his knee a table mother Lachner on. Erisberg, I was few one murvy, I was few one ring a wheel, a muncha, I was near and blue one cana acup, lechens Lahan, a v a Guinness Turk. I was shame hood and vain. Gurra Balang Lahan Hogalda in Sanamshin. Gurra a blue one ticket, Le Kalun Snagelige in Sanilanshin. The loss of the Irish language at such an early stage was probably the reason also for the almost complete absence of traditions, history, and lore of all sorts on Inish Turk. Of all the inhabited islands off the Irish coast, Turk must certainly be numbered among the least interesting for archaeological and historic associations. Padrigo Faherty did, however, hear of a vague connection with Grace O'Malley and the Galway O'Flaherty's. Rafadigusta in his Turkigest, a Gumparaj Leshne Hilanele Temple and Hosta, a Kurgos Arn in his man in his year, Rugusilla Agus in his moor, Agus Fiovan in his Arkatanish father, Agus in his Bothinia. To Rudikin story like Bantle Hulle Ilanaco. Ah, Hofadigusata, a Inish Turkigest. Neil Tada Hofada Agusi Hickim, story like Bantlish. Ahoban Gorholus Urikint. Gorra, well, em, Asentus, Edil Grani Walla, Agus Muntri Lafter, Hofadigusavi, an Archinigest. But if Inish Turk has little of historic interest to boast of, it does have plenty in the way of animal life around its coasts. Seals, for example, as Patrick Wallace told us. There will be dry back in High Island and there rough rocks in it in, in summertime and in wintertime. In flashy weather is the best weather than for them back in High Island. They dry in, in scores in it. And some of them might be up to a half ton weight. Maybe that big. Is any effort made to catch them at all or make any use of them? Well, it's very easy to catch them. If you have a, a nylon is, nylon, it's made for them, you catch lots of them. You catch 
One or two of the time, anyways. That would be as much trouble because I'd have the tide made before you'd have had him captured and brought to the boat again. Mm. They, they used to make use of the oil from the seals, didn't they? They, they used that years ago. Now, I, I don't remember, but I heard them talking about it. They used to kill them and bring them even into this island, all the old people, kill them and take out the, the liver out of them. And I think, I don't know whether it's a, how they would boil them or fat, but they would take the oil out of the liver anyways. Milted and take the oil out of it, and they use that and want to harden up and use it and push, weaken it. It show put two or three weeks into a into a round like a round tin. It'll hold the full of the oil and push weak into it and put a light on it and to the light like like paraffin. Sure, light as good as the light is going out, but to be slow, you know. Does the Baskin shark come in here at all? It, by the scores. Right, of course. We pulled, we towed even one of them in here last year, the year before last year now, back from Clifton Bay. We got tangled up on the salmonids. We had two or three salmonids over there out from the point, over from the point of Tarabot Island there, and when we went over, he got the, he had the salmonids broken and he got tangled up on it. We towed him back at the, at the pier back here. He was about, he was about 16 feet long. Huh? His body was... He was, he had an awful, an awful big body. He was, was a liver and a man, I, I'm sure, was half ton weight. Is that so? <gasps> well, he wouldn't do your nets any good. Huh? He wouldn't do your nets any he good. He didn't, uh, we, uh, he had them torn, he had them torn all right and bushed it in two or three places, but otherwise, he, that's all the damage that was on them. We mended them up again and got them going. Mended them up again afterwards. What about the porpoises then? Do you ever come across uh, them? The modern, by the thunders, every day, even, even yesterday. I saw them yesterday over on the beaches there now. They're a very playful fellow, aren't very they? Very playful, very playful. You, you'd love to be in the boat looking at them. We do, we do enjoy to see them coming along in shoals, jumping eight sailors. We do even have the gaff, hitting them with the gaff, and they'll just jump from it again. They enjoy that fun. Very <laughs> playful. Patrick Wallace was our own guide to Turk during our visit. And he started where every visitor makes his acquaintance with an island, with the pier and landing facilities. There is no pier, but a bad pier. Very bad pier. Is it not deep enough? It's not. It's only just fit for small cutters. That's all. Cutters, canoes, no, and that's all. No, not fit for a big boat at all. No harbour for a big boat over there. <laughs> On either side? On either island, there's no harbour for a big boat in it. No. Or on the mainland? Oh, there is, once you go on the mainland, you get harbours. Mm. Yeah. But where, where you go in there on the mainland, there's not a... No, no harbour. No. Oh, no harbour. Only just for a karach. That's all, for a karach. In and out. Yeah. Got their handy for carrying, you put them on your back too, and you carry them up and down, bring them in. <laughs> is that one of the great disadvantages of an island, that you have so much stuff to bring <coughs> in and, and not much means of transporting it's, it? It's a lot. It's the most of it. And it's especially now, when you get a bigger boat in here, you anchor it over here and this anchorage over here. If you get a bad night, you can't sleep on your bed. Your knees should be get broken or pushing on the shore and get broken. You might have to ride during the night and go board and push in all night and board over and get a steam engine running to keep it up there in case it break her anchorage or, or ropes or chains. Have many boats maybe, been broken like that? 
No, I didn't see any boats getting broken, but they're too careful. Yeah? You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. That's what we depend on, and we have to try and save them. Do you have many storms at all during the winter? Well, we had none. We had although this winter that's gone, there's no storm. Although that's gone, yet it's a very fine winter. Do you remember any big storms yourself? I I remember one here. Now I don't know how many years ago would it be or not. Debbie, we called it. Hurricane. The hurricane. That was a bad one. It was in, in September. We never left a shlama here all around the country. To even ask some of them around here. If there was a boat in Anchorage over there, she wouldn't stand like one five minutes. She was gone. Did you ever have a hurricane that destroyed wells or affected the, the drinking water or anything like that? Where the the sea spray would come into the wells or that sort of thing. Oh, the well, spring well we had over here now, and it's southeasterly gale. It's, it's the water to spray into it. Well, it doesn't take any effect of it because it's running strong. I see. Well, water tanks now, they're spilled out of houses here. You, yep. can't, you can't use them after, a night, after westerly gales. Real salt water. Had to drain them all out again. Get them all out. <laughs> Well, you have a good water supply, have you? The, the, the fresh water is all right, the well. The spring well never dried water for the dry stuff too. It's dry for, for three years. Without ever making it into rain, it never dries. Mm. Never. What about turbot then? Do, uh, turbot do they have problems like that? Turbot has no well. How do they manage? They do come across here and draw the water from here and draw it from the mainland. And so dry some of isn't that an awful lot of hard work for a drop of water? It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the land here, Patrick? What's the land like? Yeah, it's good land. The best of land. The best of land. And how much would each man have, or each family? Well, they had about... About from 10 to 12 acres now. Six to twelve acres each, I'd say. Would that be arable land? Would it well, all be arable? It's all arable land. Now you see it out from you there. It's all arable land. Mm -hmm. It's the best of land. Any crops that will go into it will be able to produce it. Best of crops. And what are the crops mainly? Spuds. Spuds. Especially in hay now. Hay and spuds. And no would, would each family then have a cow or...? They keep two cows and two calves. Keep two cows and two cows. What about horses? No horses. No horses on the no, island? No, no horses. Any tractors? No. No <laughs> tractors, no motor cars, no bicycles. <laughs> well, no, no roads, but bad roads. <laughs> well, you don't have any problems there. No, no. Fuel no, at any No, rate. no, no. <laughs> That's something. Yeah. The absence of roads or of any form of transport other than the donkey might be seen by some city people these days as a positive advantage for Turk. But if, for example, you've got to cut and dry on the mainland every sort of turf you burn and then transport it, first by lorry or tractor and then by curragh across a mile of sea, things take on a less romantic aspect. As Mrs Joe Burke told us... Oh, well, I suppose getting supplies in and getting into turfing and the coal and everything is hard on it, you know. 
they have to go so many miles for to cut the turf and to pay a tractor to bring it on the beach out there, put it into the cutter and take it out and draw it up here. It's all hardship. Where is it cut? How many miles? The turf. About six. The turf, the mountain. About eight miles, sir. About eight miles. And you work on the turf? Oh, do, we do, we do, we do, we do. Was there ever any turf on the island itself? There was. In the olden times. The olden you don't remember it? No, I don't remember, sir. Uh, there's still turf on Turbot, isn't there? There's still turf on the next island. And, and they cut it themselves? They cut it themselves, some of them. Some of them, well, it's mostly ran out. But you were saying there, Mrs. Burke, that it's very hard to get supplies in. How will you manage now around Christmas? <laughs> I don't know, really. I'll have to go into town and... That's Clifton. That's Clifton. That's five or six miles. From the pier or from here? Well, it's six miles from here. Mm -hmm. And uh, if the weather would be bad, I won't be able to go because i got the little baby. I'd be afraid I'd be kept out overnight, you know. I wouldn't like to leave him here with those. But even when you get to Clifton... But when I get to Clifton, well, you have to buy, buy, buy all the time, do you know? You'd be afraid they, they get, get the attitude on short of supplies again. And you've got to get it into the island. I've How got do you, to get it in. How do you manage there? I have to bring it back by car there on Airfridge. You have and to you hire a car? To hire a car, yes. And, and is to, it easy or and the hard road, to get a car? Well, it's very hard to get a car sometimes. And then the road is that bad from the crossroad here to, the ga to where I come out here, they won't come back there. Sometimes you might have to get out and walk it back. And carry whatever if I carry, messages you've yes, got. Yes, or else go down on the other. That's inconvenient to us. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible road back out there. Bad roads, but good land. However, it's on the sea that the islanders have depended mostly for their livelihood in the past. Patrick Wallace again. All our whole living is on fishing. Would you start on both the 1st of May, would you start lobster fishing? <coughs> if the weather stay fine, we stay fishing until September and October. Crayfish and lobster. For a few weeks of the summer then, in the, uh, the month of June and July, for five or six weeks salmon fishing, and it failed us this year. That's all. Mm. Days, days we were getting no one. The most salmon we're getting was six or seven in some, some island. We don't know what for the cause. Well, if the salmon fishing is bad, you, you, you don't have much of an income that year. Is that the way of it? Well, we had no income. And the crayfish and the lobsters this year was, was hopeless. They had to be put ashore several times. <coughs> and the one, scarcity of fish. And they would put them out again. That was... It was, it was a pity they were scarce because the price was big. Mm. It was paying one pound, from a pound to one pound two now with the last seven or eight weeks past. Who, who takes the fish from you? Uh, Mosey out here in Cleggan. Mr. Mosey, he's a fish buyer, French company. And you bring them from here to Cleggan? Yes. Well, they, 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 they set them down there in, in, in Carna, Castella. They do collect fish too. Mm. What sort of boats have you for fishing then? All canoes. Uh, the, we have two boats. One of them is a 37 foot one and the other is a 27 foot. The hand is another one. Over With the uh, outboard motor? No, motor no. inside now. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. But then you have currucks with Kuros, the motor. Yes, all the other houses in have smaller boats, currucks fishing. 
And are they satisfactory for that sort of thing? Well, they are not. They are not satisfactory. They are too small. Mm. They are too small. But still, she's a good boat for in and She's yeah. a great little boat for in the canoe. Well, well, I suppose even people who have left the island will still continue fishing, will they? Certainly will. Mm. Certainly will. And what about the land when the people leave then? Will they hold on to the land, do you think? Oh, I, I, we are not intend to hold on to the land. And come out in the summer then? Would you? Well, we could put cattle back here in summer. Mm-hmm. If, we'd be, if we'd be able to put them in it, we'd be able to <laughs> buy, buy them. Yeah. <laughs> well, put uh, them back in summer, keep them there until October again. Sell them then if we had any to sell. And what sort of land will you get on the mainland? We haven't decided yet, but all that's around the house. Only the size of the house. That's all? That's all. If the land so commission don't provide us with any two acres yet, I don't know. We are the are the land it. commission providing the houses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, you couldn't live without some bit of land, I'd imagine. You, you'd need some bit of land, wouldn't you, as well? Oh, you could live without it. On the fishing? You can. You could live without You could live without one side of land. Mm. But would you prefer to have a bit of land yourself I on the mainland? I wouldn't care now if there <laughs> wasn't one side of land ever. You don't want to see it at I all? I don't want to see it at all. <laughs> no. One young man who is not particularly worried about land either is John Hannon, and he intends staying on the island. I think I will. As long as the parents will stay, I'll stay. Well, what sort of a livelihood can you get on the island? Well, I think it's all right. It's all right in summertime now. It's wintertime is the work right? You work at the fishing, do yes, you? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Does that keep you busy all the time in the summer? Yes. From the April up to September. What do you do in the winter, then? All right. Well, you pick the winkles and gather the sea rods, these things. Is there much of that done? Uh, there isn't much of done out the last couple of years. There's only two left in the last year, two families. And how do you dispose of those, the winkles and the sea rods? Um, how do you sell them? Well, we bring them out to the mainland by boat and we sell them. We get them weighed out there in Kingstown. The Hannans are a reasonably large family, so they are less likely than most to be lonely on the island. Apart from that, one of them provides his own entertainment. However, he will not in the future have the audiences recalled by Mrs. Hannon. I remember that. And there should be dances in the house and... dancing and... Were there many musicians and singers on Turk? There was, a lot of them. And you still have some in this house, I think? Yes, I have. <laughs> they play the odd tune. Yes. <laughs> who who plays the the box? Patrick. Yeah. Patrick there. Yes. Will you ever give us an old tune, Patrick? And what about the rest of them? Any of them play or sing or do anything? No, the rest can't. Only him, Patrick.
They had nothing that with curtains and everyone would gather to one house and have a nice, nice keely for the night. Yes, they'd have curtains, they'd have curtain players in it too, that I mind you. Fiddlers and all of this. They were. There were always plenty of musicians and they singers were, in it too. They were, they were, very good, nice singers, surely, and I was. They were. Come, all ye maiden maidens, come and listen to my rhyme. Tis all about a fair young bride who been scarcely in her prime. Her cheeks they are of rosy red and her hair of lovely brown. She was known as lovely Caroline from Edinburgh town. Young Henry was a highway lad, and courting her he came. Oh, hey, oh. And when her parents came to know, he did not wish the same. Young Henry was offended, and those words to her did say, Rise up, my lovely Caroline, and we will stray away. But the singers and musicians are, like John Wallace there, nearly all gone and settled around Clifton or Cleggan or Cladiduff. Many of the islanders have already spent their last Christmas on Turk. A few, like Patrick Wallace, who will be leaving soon, are spending it now as they have always done. We don't pass a bit of marks at Christmas on the islands no more than any time of year now. No difference. Well, you'd have something special in, I'd imagine, for Christmas. Ah, uh, well, I suppose there might be an old bottle of whiskey and <laughs> a few cases of stouts. But apart from that, there'd be no great difference. Not a bit. No difference in the world. And what would you do on Christmas morning now, when you get up? Well, Christmas morning, the first thing in the world, you get up, you try and go get back to the mill and you go to Mass. And that time of year, always, very seldom, always bad weather around the Christmas. Generally, bad weather always, always. But you'd come back again straight away to the island after Mass, would you? Oh, straight back. Mm-hmm. Well, the people who are left this year will be very lonely, won't they? On the island. Left on this island? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, well, I, most I... of the women folk are gone, for one thing. They're you know, all? They're all gone, yeah, uh, yeah. apart from two, isn't that right? That's all. <laughs> and are the men any good at cooking? Well, they'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> they'll have to look <laughs> after themselves. They're bad. When we were on the island ourselves, the two housewives whose families intend to stay were just preparing to do their Christmas shopping in Clifton. Mrs Burke we've heard already on the difficulties of mainland transport. Mrs Hannan is in a more fortunate position as her family has a car at Ballyconree. It's been just happy enough preparing for Christmas and going out to Mass and to town and to this. Is there any great trouble getting provisions in for Christmas? Oh no, no. No trouble, if the weather is fine. Do you often have storms here? Oh, we do, this Christmas. 
But you you wouldn't be weather-bound altogether. Uh, when we was weather-bound. What's the longest period you'd be cut off? I think we was a fortnight there one time, a couple of years ago. And do you remember ever being short of provisions yourself? No, I don't. You'd always have enough in yes. to carry on? Yes. Mm -hmm. But will Mrs. Hannon and Mrs. Burke and their families still be on Inish Turk next Christmas? Or the Christmas after that? Or the one after that again? Is Turk destined eventually to become just another of the deserted islands off our coasts? With most of the older generation already gone, so much now depends on the young people. And Mrs. Burke seems to imply that the island's days are, in fact, numbered. Well, a few of them said they don't want to leave, and a few more of them said they do. <laughs> Of course, they don't know what they'd be up against abroad. You know, they know what they do here, but some of them say they don't want to go out. They don't know the different type, I suppose. That's they're, they're too young. They're too yet, young to know, yeah. Really, yeah. But when they the grow boy, up, won't it be hard to get young people to stay on the island? They won't stay. Well, we would, you wouldn't want them to stay with you either, would you know? Not all of them, anyways. <laughs>